Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, into the 11 o'clock hour, it's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Jed Marshall in for Nick Schwert. We'll get to the trash of the day coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Also, here in about 15, the biggest questions we still have about the Royal Stadium project. Of course, we discussed this yesterday, the, the listening event that the Royals had a couple of days ago and uh, some of the reaction to that. But I still think there, there's three huge questions remaining. We'll see if we're on the same page with that and perhaps what the timeline is for everything coming up in just a little bit. But let's get back to the Chiefs and welcome in former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes, of course, on the call for the Chiefs radio network this Sunday down in Houston. You can also hear him for players only on 610 Sports Radio Thursday nights from 6 to 7 o'clock. Also, uh, perhaps maybe a little karaoke at the, uh, the company party this afternoon. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Yeah, I may... They popped through and tossed my name in the hat a little bit this afternoon. I actually have to bounce around, plus I have to get ready for the show tonight, so not sure how long I'll be able to stay there, but it'll be fun to be able to celebrate the holidays with everybody. When you talk about the uh, this game, I think that's part of it. It's like, oh, get ready for the show tonight. We'll get ready to fly down to Houston and see this team. It's We asked ourselves the question, like, is there anything you can do to take this team seriously? And I know that they just played this game close against the Cowboys. But in my experience in watching the NFL, Danon, that was the last gasp of a very bad football team. I don't think they've got that in them twice. Well, you never know. I mean, earlier this season when we played the Colts and in the state that they were in at that time, we would have never thought that we would have gone there and lost the game. I think it's probably a little bit more easier to digest the losses to the Bills and the Bengals. But – I think last week, the way we allowed the Broncos, who in some respect is just as bad as the, uh, as the Texans, um, we let them get some life. And you saw firsthand how quickly a game can change and how quickly the momentum can change off of one play or one decision. So I feel like that was a wake-up call, and I don't take anybody lightly in the NFL. But I also think that this game is more about us. This is one of the games, okay, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm in that meeting room all, all week, and I'm talking about, you know, do you, who are we? Like, what's our identity? Because we played really well against the Buccaneers. We played really well in those first eight games, uh, playing against uh, winning teams from the previous year, first time in NFL history that a team has had to do that. And then – we have shown situations where we've not played very well. So who are we? And if we are who we think we are, and we are a team that's supposed to go where we want to go, then this is a game that we should not have any issues in. And let's rebound from that Broncos game and show the world who we really are. How much does it also maybe from the mental side of things help that when you see this Texans team uh, last week really probably should have beat the Dallas Cowboys. They had that, that fourth and goal and they got held up and then the Cowboys marched down and get the game winning touchdown. The fact that if you're the chiefs, you just saw this opponent nearly beat the Cowboys team. Who's, you know, one of the contenders to maybe get to the Super Bowl this year. It's, it's, it's definitely part of that whole package. It's part of the wake up calls. It's just, 
Like when we have six rookies, think about the dynamic of a rookie in the NFL. One, the game, I don't care where you played it, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, wherever, the game is significantly faster at the NFL than it is in college. It's different. You're playing against grown men with families, and you are a rookie trying to keep up. And you thr- you're thrust into leading roles on this defense. And now you come upon, in your mindset, you remember, well, when I was just using this ex- example, when I was at Alabama, we played Alabama State and blew them out. And we played Vanderbilt and blew them out. And we played all these other teams that we were better than, and we blew them out. Well, you don't have blowouts in the NFL. And I feel like last week was that eye-opening experience for a lot of the rookies that, oh, oh, well, this is what the NFL is really about. Like, you don't blow teams out. And teams are not going to give up just because they're down by 27 points in the second quarter. Like, that's a reality check. So I feel like this game is almost like a renewing of the minds of some of these rookies and the young talent where they realize, oh, like we're really totally playing in the NFL. Yeah, we've played some semi, you know, subpar teams and we've played some good teams and we knew, okay, we knew going in that those teams were, would give us a battle. But last week, I have to feel like they knew that the Broncos or they felt like the Broncos shouldn't have been able to come back down 27 nothing, and they did. So that learning experience will help them take the Texans more seriously. And then on the flip side, the Texans, let's realize, last week and this week are two playoffs-slash-Super Bowls that the Texans will play, playing in Dallas in front of that fan base, home state, and then playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming in town. Like, this is their playoffs. And we gotta be we gotta be ready for them. Danon, when you're talking about a the obviously the biggest issue we're talking about on offense and defense for this team has consistently been turnovers. I always feel like everyone just describes them as being something preventable, like if you just focus or try harder or those things, the amount of turnovers you can do it. But the Chiefs have turned it over in eight straight games, Danon. Is this something they can still fix before the postseason? I don't have a problem. Well, I have a problem with three interceptions. Let me make that clear. I don't have a problem with turning the ball over, per se. I have a problem with us not turning the other team over as much. And to think that, and I haven't looked throughout the the archives and history, but I can't recall a team with a minus five giveaway takeaway being a top of a division, never mind a top one of the top two teams in the entire AFC or NFC. So to me, like the giveaways are going to happen. We have a, a quarterback that likes to take chances, that that trusts his receivers, and wants to make plays. He's going to make a mistake pressing his foot on the gas pedal versus riding the brake. And I'm okay with that. We've learned. And if like if you are concerned about that, then you must not have really enjoyed the last four straight AFC championships that have been played at Arrowhead. But having said that. We also had defenses at times that came up with that turnover. And we need to flip that number. So what I'm looking for in these last few games is, can we flip, can we get back to zero? Can we get back to the giveaway takeaway being even? Because I feel like that's a recipe for 
some disappointment in the postseason if we're not able to turn the ball over uh, more than we're turning the ball over. I remember last year, I think we got to minus 12. And then that was like the reality check where things turned around and we went for strings, uh, you know, of time without turning the ball over and then getting turnovers. And I think within the span of like five weeks, we wind up being plus four. That's where that's where my concern is. We're talking former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes. You can hear him on the Chiefs radio network this Sunday down in Houston as the Chiefs get set to take on the Texans. Uh, Danian, you you look at the injury to McCole Hardman. We still don't know fully what it is, abdominal illness, abdominal injury. But then hearing Andy Reid uh, mentioned yesterday that he's trying to get his weight back up, and that's something that McCall Harmon really need, needs to do as well to be to be ready to go. How tough is that in season, especially for a wide receiver? It's not like McCall Harmon was this 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 big wide receiver to begin with. Well, it's really tough because you know if he was Juju Smith Schuster and he was 215 pounds and he lost 10 to 15 pounds because of sickness and he's creeping back, he'd still be a 200 pounder at wide receiver you still feel okay with that. But if you're McCall Hardman, who's a lightweight anyway, and you lose weight, you got to worry about the strength that comes along with that loss, the speed, the endurance, and what you're asking McCall Hardman to do in this offense, it takes a lot of endurance. The, the motions, the shifts, the, the routes, the, the, the whirly bird motions, the jet sweeps, all of that stuff takes some endurance and it takes that quickness. So, I don't know if I would be as concerned. I feel like with the nutritionists and the dietary uh, plans, you can put weight on. There's a lot of guys that put a lot of weight on. A lot of the offensive linemen, they're not naturally 300 pounds. Like if they, if they ate regularly, they'd probably be down to 250 within a few weeks. They have to keep their weight up, so they have to eat certain things to keep their weight up. While wide receiver, it may be a little tough, but then – what also is the impact for him and his skill set, being the quickness, the, fe- the speed, et cetera. So that's the part that I think Andy Reid has been most concerned about is, one, him getting healthy, but two, him getting back to where he needs to be to be the asset to this offense that we've become accustomed to seeing. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is still why they were being – like I know that they're sometimes a little bit coy about injuries – feels like they're being straight up secretive with this one, Dana. Like nobody seems to know exactly what happened here. And that might be the sickness. And when you're talking about intestinal issues, like I had, I had two ulcers when I played, like, and I don't think anybody knew about it. And there would be times I would be curled and curled up in the fetal position in the training room or in front of my locker before practice and games there was i had to go to an emergency room the saturday before a home game one time during my career because my stomach was was just totally messed up but i still played now had i been in a position where i lost weight i don't know and i was sleeping all the time like there have been reports about him i don't know if that would have been able to to allow me to play football so Nobody knew that I had ulcers uh, except the doctors. Um, And fortunately for me, it didn't impact me enough that I had to miss games. So in his case, maybe for Andy, it is just an intestinal thing that they're trying to figure out medically with prescriptions, et cetera, 
to hopefully get him back to normal. What do you actually think happens in this game, Dan? I know you said blowouts in the NFL don't happen very often, but I still think they're going to blow them out. Well, what do you consider a blowout? And by NFL standards, two to three scores. Anywhere between 14 to 17, I normally would give that mark. You beat someone 31-17, haven't you kind of blown them out? Um, It depends. <laughs> it depends <laughs> sure. on how that game unfolded. Sure. If you scored in the last drive or you got a pick six to end the game, I don't know if that's a blowout. So, to me, uh, a blowout is that you've been up 17 to 21 points okay. the majority of the game from the second quarter or from the from the first drive after halftime on. That's a blowout to me. Oh, we just completely uh, lost connection with, with Dana. I know that was going to be the final question. So, so that's he, okay. So if, thank yeah, you, Dana. He, thanks, Dana. We appreciate that. If he calls back, yeah, just let him know. We appreciate that. I don't know what happened uh, there. My hands were nowhere near the phone for those of you watching. It was not me. Just I like kid. how you're like, now we can all claim on video. I went back and watched yeah. that video again that Nick accused me of poisoning him, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, thanks to, to former Chiefs wide receiver Dane and Hughes for, for calling in. Yeah, the blow, the thing you read about the blowouts, yeah, I think it, what he was saying probably is true. Did you control the entire game? That, you know, the way the Broncos game was going initially, right? First half, sure. you felt like it was heading, you were up 27 nothing. I think you can win by 17 and it can be a blowout, but I yes, think, it does man, have the, to be front to back. I mean, the Chiefs are 14-point favorites in this game against the Texans. If it is... Uh, let's just call it 13 to three at halftime. And then the final score is 24 to 10. I still think you blew them out because they were just never competitive. Like you don't have to put up 35 points to blow somebody out is what I guess my argument is like, it could be, if you win 21 to three, you blew them out. You win 21 to 10. And that last touchdown came on the final drive for the Texans. You blew them out, even though it only shows a 10 point win. I yeah, because someone asked me that. That's why I asked Dana. It's kind of fun when he asked me because somebody else had asked me like, "What do you consider blood?" I'm like, "Well, the point differential itself is not the only factor here, because in that like 31-17 thing, what if they're up 31-10 gold and have been up, you know, right? <laughs> Where they're up 17 points the whole game, and then that last second touchdown made it 31-20, you know, 31-21 or whatever, right? It's just about." Yeah, you're right. The first two quarters, not quite. Uh, the first uh, quarter and 10 minutes, 12 minutes, that was a blowout by the Chiefs. We knew that. The score didn't have to be 27 nothing to know that it was a blowout. It was a blowout. And honestly, if Denver had just scored 14 there, it was 27-14, and then the Chiefs ended up winning that game still by, let's say, that margin, right? A 13-point margin at the end. It ended up being 35-21. to Let's say that was a blowout. Be like, oh, yeah, they got kind of close there for like a half a second. By close, I mean two touchdowns down and still lost by more than two touchdowns. Fine. Obviously, the game didn't end up going that way, and it wasn't a blowout. But there's there's very few times in an NFL schedule that I think it's reasonable to ask a team to just put your foot down and destroy someone. This weekend is that. We'll get to the trash of the day coming up in about five minutes or so. But I, I want to talk more about the, the Royals and the stadium project. Yesterday, we, we spent a good chunk of the show discussing that. Of course, it was the day after the, one of the many listening sessions yeah. that the Royals as an organization are going to have across the Kansas City community. We learned some things about uh, the capacity for the stadium. We learned some things about the, uh, the overall $2 billion price tag. But there's still some huge questions remaining, and I'll be curious where, where people are at on the Jay Southland Toast Service text line as well, 913-586-7610. Like the three biggest ones I think are obvious. Uh, uh, number one, still, how much is the public going to pay for this? You know, what, all we determined out of that uh, session from a couple nights ago was that $2 billion price tag 
a billion of it is the stadium. The other billion is for the ballpark district, right? Which is going to be the restaurants, the retail, uh, yeah. residential, hotels, whatever. Uh, and in that meeting, it, the, the Royals, or at least John Sherman, the private money, a billion dollars is going to go to the ballpark district. That that like so yeah. when we're talking about public money, it's not it, it really it's about how is the other billion getting split up? A billion of the two billion is is going to be taken care of. They claim already by the ownership slash private money. That's for the ballpark district. So the public financing is just for the stadium. So the real question still remains though: of that billion dollars for the what stadium, what do you consider will what, finance most? Yeah, well, because it's interesting, like the phrasing and how they word it. And it'll be interesting to see if it changes if we get to another session here. I don't know when the next one is. It's not scheduled yet, in my understanding. Uh, saying that they're going to pay for, a, let's say, uh, a majority of it. Okay, majority of the entire project? Because if they're paying a billion dollars for the ballpark district, which is what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Well, then a billion of the $2 billion project, that, that, that's half of it. And then if you say, well, we're going to do, let's say, $200 million of the stadium, then they're paying $1.2 billion of the $2 billion project, and you could say, oh, that's a majority of it. But is it a billion dollars for the ballpark district? What percentage for the stadium? And therefore, what is left for the public is what still has to be figured out, right? There's a billion dollars left that has to be accounted for. Are you paying 20% of that? Are you paying 50% of that? 70%? 30%? Yeah, the total number is going to be, we know now, over a billion dollars of private slash Royals money because of the entire project. But how much are you still asking the public To for? me, the biggest question, because it, that does still remain, and they've been vague about the language. I think part of that is, until they announce the site, they're not going to announce the actual dollar figures associated with it. Until they put it to a vote, they're not going to throw the number in front of you. When is it going to be built is the most fascinating thing to me. Because, say, that la- say that last part. You said the number one. They're going to have to give us the numbers and everything by. I'm time saying we get before. To before. Yeah, they oh, get I was going to say. I was like, yeah. They, before they, they're they, ready for, let's yeah, ramp up it, to the vote. It yeah. cannot be on the ballot until everybody knows no, no, the no. exact public that's, cost that's what and I'm location. Saying. And I'm all saying that until stuff. they're ready to announce when they're going to put it on the ballot. Gotcha. We know the earliest they can do it is August, or the earliest they will do it is gotcha. August of next year. I don't think that they'll start throwing the numbers around. But to me, it all comes down to that same thing, which is, when are you hoping this is built by? Yeah. Just, just real quick, because we would have all assumed. Dream scenario, imagine for anyone in KC, including the Royals, is they would have this thing up, operational, and a place people can go to by the World Cup. Mm-hmm. 2026. But that seems way too quick, doesn't it? Let's say you get it at the earliest timeline. You get it on the ballot in August 2023, and it gets approved. How quickly can you break ground, and how quickly can you build that stadium? Can you put it in place by 2026? I think if... The, the, to, if they had it on the ballot in August, which is no sure thing at this no, point. That, they're just saying, really, um, that's the earliest they would put it on. Which what, means, honestly, if they're giving you that well, date, that's when they're hoping to put it on a ballot. Well, I just think, I think dude, there's some, I don't know what the rules, like, that's just the early, that's like the earliest that they can even put it on the ballot. Like, I think that's the earliest they can get it on the ballot. Like, just whether you were trying. You have like, to talk to all your friends in D.C. No. You know, you've got all your DC, big political not friends. Yeah, nothing to D.C. D.C.? You mean Jefferson City? You follow a lot of people, a lot DC. of politicians. Oh, from the sports betting stuff? Yeah. Oh, I will, Same I will, politicians. I will, it's not like I will they change. No, I, I will definitely be reaching out on this kind of stuff from the, the stadium side of things as well. But, no, the the timeline that you point out for the World Cup, I, if they got it passed and it was voted on in August and it passed in August, I think 2026 could happen. But that, there's no, if, it, if it's not on the ballot in August, I don't know how on earth you get that ready before the World Cup. It... 
it seems impossible. And the location, st- we, we have a decent idea of the location. They they said at the meeting that there's 14 sites. I think we all know there's uh, probably more like three, three or four. And if we were to uh, ask anybody uh, on a survey, like out of these three locations, what's most likely? I think most people would think the East Village, that's the one that keeps popping up. East Village location is the one that seems to be the most likely. It's just not definitive at this point. And that's like that's that's fine. It's downtown. I think it's actually a decent location. Do you think that thing. doing these big public forums is going to help them? In terms of help them in what? What do you mean? Help them? Well, with? obviously, I think they're doing these things for to 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 garner public support. Well, sure, that's obviously. exactly what it's. It's do a, you think it'll work? To, well, I think it'll ultimately, whenever it becomes up for ba- for vote on the ballot, whether it's August of next year or months down the road, a year for whatever. Um, I, it'll it'll pass. I, I do feel it'll pass. Yes, but it is. I think it'll pass you, now, though. Um, I think if they it, put it on the ballot tomorrow, I know they can't. Yeah, I think it'll pass. Well, that's that's it. It, it will pass. It'll end up passing. But wait, the way you phrase, it, I think, is right, which is essentially, um, yeah, they're they're campaigning. I mean, that's what this is. Yes, it's a, they they are campaigning to get more support, as much support as possible, and you will see it ramp up one even more once they actually have the dollar figures attached to it and the location fully attached to it. That's when it, like when you can actually not just be talking as much in hypotheticals like we are right now. Here's the thing. I, I, I had said yesterday and I, I stand by the notion to be like, Hey, you know, you can show, you're asking us to show you support, to show you trust. Mm-hmm. You could show us trust, right? By like spending more on the payroll, spending, uh, you know, paying some of your young players, paying a, a bigger named free agent than just, you know, the $3 million you spent now. And maybe those things are going to come. We'll see. But at the same time, I do feel like John Sherman is being held responsible for, like, 50. They'll be like, you know, you only have three winning seasons in 30 years. I'm like, all right, look, pump the brakes. That ain't John Sherman's fault. Relax a little on putting any previous failures through our lives, right? We grew up in the 90s and early 2000s Royals. It was a dumpster fire wrapped inside up. You know, it was a mess, right? It's a complete disaster of an organization for the better part of 20 years. John Sherman had nothing to do with that. Yeah. All right. He didn't do that. If you want to judge John Sherman, judge him from 2019 on. Has he spent a bunch of money from 2019 no, uh, on? No, but we were applauding him during the time of COVID for taking care of his employees and taking care of the Royals minor leaguers and doing some things other baseball owners weren't at a time that was a shortened season. So I'll give him some credit there. He has not been the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, despite the fact over the course of that time, they have been one of the losingest teams during that time. I still want him to show some faith. Before you're asking for faith, I'd like a little show of faith. But I think putting 50 years of baseball in Kansas City on yeah. Sherman is a little unfair. I think a lot of the questions uh, that were both asked at the listening session that will continue to need to be asked are, are all very fair. Like the questions about how, housing and all, all, all these are oh, yeah. very, very stuff fair that questions. Like to to, sure. I think to your point though, about like the history, you know, the, the history of losing, frankly, as a franchise, let's not forget in, was it, what was the year that the renovations got approved? Oh, nine. Yeah, right around there. It was done in 2013 because the All Star Game was in 2013. They were the worst. Well, that's that's franchise. That's my point. Is like that now those were tied together for the entire sports complex. They they had the Chiefs and the Royals together on the pitch, which is why I've told you you know that I I still wondered if that was at one point going to ever be a strategy. This go around, it doesn't appear that it's going to be. But the reason why I bring that up is in kind of what you were saying is different price tag entirely. We're talking about a two billion dollar project versus what was it three hundred million dollars in renovations or something. But still, that team hadn't – the Royals hadn't won a championship since 85 at that point in time, Cody, and, and it ended up passing. 
for renovations. Now you're talking about you're all, at this point you're asking potentially for a vote in August. At that point you'll be what? Uh, was it eight years removed? Yeah, yeah eight years ish. removed ish uh, from a championship. So it is kind of funny from that. Like the notion that like, well, I'm not going to support it because they don't they don't win baseball. Like, games. Well, they won a World they, Series they a lot sooner than the last they, time. They, yeah. you, you approved a, you approved. No, it's a different price tag. I understand the Royals are, are saying we'll see if it ultimately is true. They're saying that Jackson County residents, the three eighths cent, cent sales tax that you're already paying for renovations at the Truman Sports Complex going through 2031, that it's not going to go up. There's still questions within that, though, right? That we don't have answers to yet, which is, yeah, that that sales tax increase for Jackson County, that's for both stadiums right now you're paying for. Yeah. So what happens when the Royals ask you for this and they're going to extend it? Is it just for the Royal Stadium? So then what happens? And asking uh, a little like, bit, what, I think that the, the idea is that it's for both teams. See, I'm, I'm not so sure. Because right right now it is. You're right. Right now the three-eighth cent, cent sales tax, I cannot say that properly, is for both the, for the Royals and yeah. the Chiefs. Well, if the Royals move downtown, they're going to. They move downtown and they extend that sales tax. That was tied in with the Chiefs. So what ha- do they separate? So then what happens when the Roy- when the Chiefs want public money? So are we going to now have a whole new on top of that, or are they get like that stuff? That stuff we don't have the answer to yet. That I'm very curious. I think a lot of people are curious about. I think some. Yeah, it's just it's. I think I really think some of the pushback still is people like Kaufman. I think that might be the biggest yeah. obstacle they have in front of them, <laughs> even more than the public financing. Really? Ooh, people see, I think, like I think Kaufman. Still the biggest people like, hold up. well, but that's the problem. They're tied together in a way. People like Kaufman's stadium. They're like, this is a beautiful stadium. You don't need my money. You don't need my money. I like that building. It's pretty, and I like going there. Like, I think that that is something that's happening here. All right, coming up next, we'll get back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs red half hour, and, yeah, we'll sneak in a trash of the day during the Chiefs red half hour as well. But we'll revisit something Nate Taylor from The Athletic had to say about expectations and whether or not we've retooled them. For- Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This season. 
Chiefs Red Half Hour, every day at 11.30 on Cody and Gold. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. So we had Nate Taylor from The Athletic on with us yesterday, and we were talking about just where this Chiefs team is at. Of course, they're tied for the best record in the AFC. They're in position still if something breaks their way, meaning a Bills loss, that they could be the number one seed. And this was a year Come where... Come on, Dolphins! Uh, that's Let's right. go Miami! I don't know if... I don't know if Seven I inches know. of snow on a Saturday? That doesn't feel like a real Miami Dolphins win, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, like I, I, like, I want the Bills to slip up as well. Don't, I, I don't feel like this is the weekend for it. Uh, no. If you're hoping for it, I, I think you're going to have to hope Cincinnati, honestly, uh, beats the Buffalo Bills in a couple of weeks. I... I I don't feel like this is the weekend for the the Dolphins to upset the Bills, but you never know, and we would all certainly be happy. We'll, we won't have to. We'll know before the Chiefs game on Sunday because they're playing on Saturday night. We're starting to. Dolphins helped out the Chiefs one other time. They certainly did against an Ryan AFC Fitzpatrick. East opponent. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thank you very much for that one. That's why always I, a hero here. Absolutely. So we we were we were talking with Nate as I mentioned just about where things are at and what's on the line. And before the season, though, without Tyreek Hill, it was coined a retool to a certain extent not a rebuild but a retool of this franchise Half step back to take three steps forward to right ex- right to extend the window to put yourself in a better spot for two or three years when maybe the bills uh, all of a sudden have financial issues or any of these other contenders do or yeah cincinnati has to pay burrow and that chase was, that was kind of the thought process that maybe look this team's still going to be a playoff team but maybe this isn't the year that they're going to be in the same position to compete for a championship fast forward here we are middle of december Chiefs are a 10-win team. They're going to win the division. Second They're best record in the NFL. Be the number one or number two seed most likely in the playoffs. They have just as good a chance as anybody as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying that they have this better chance than the Bills or Cincinnati, but they have just as good a chance as far as I'm concerned. And if you look at the, the odds market, they still have some of the best odds, second best odds tied with the Eagles, I believe, uh, to win the Super Bowl. So what retool? What step back? They're, they're in the same spot, man. We have to reevaluate. I think, I think you and I both – could have seen like a divisional round loss to the Bills because they were the three seed because they lost Tyreek because they had the number five offense and the 20th ranked defense with a bunch of rookies on it. We could have made excuses for this team. It would have been easy, man. It would have been like, hey, they've been to four straight AFC or hosted four straight AFC title games. They went to two Super Bowls. They won one. They had to take this little step back to make sure exactly what you said. They had their future secure. I Nope. No more excuses now. Sorry, you're too good. <laughs> like, I know that's, you're the victim of your own success. Honestly, this is. So you're this, back to Super Bowl or bust. This applies to every team. Good and bad, this happens every year, and you get to about this point of the year where you have to say something differently about your team. Let's take Philadelphia, for instance. If I had to- told the Eagles before the season started, I'll put you in an NFC title game, maybe you'll lose, how do you feel? You'd be like, done, sold, right? We're in. Even though they put a lot of eggs in their basket, they had yet to get far enough in a thing to take more or less than that. But now, if you try to convince Eagles fans that it'd be acceptable to just get to an NFC title game and hope, that's probably not there anymore. They've been the best so, team in the NFL a majority of this year. Isn't this where it gets into semantics a little bit, though, where it's like, all right, what expectation versus now what like your real hope is? Because I, 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 deep down, if you're an Eagles fan, uh, Jalen Hurts now is the real deal. You've learned that. You mission accomplished there. He's the real deal. AJ Brown, that 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 is not going that anywhere. Not great. Uh, you believe in your coach. You've got that figured out. You're feeling great about the future where you're at with cap space and draft capital and all that. 
if the Eagles were to lose an NFC title game, yeah, you're you're disappointed. You felt like you missed an opportunity. But you're like, we're going in I, the right I direction. I don't feel like sure. it'd be fair to say like, oh, they their season was a failure sure. for them to meet expectations. So I, it's semantics, but I, I I don't think their expectations have changed as much as their their hopes and desires so, have changed. So Kansas City has been Super Bowl or bust for several years now. Um, I just thought this was going to be the one year that maybe we gave a little gray, right? All right, I can take a little context, a little flavor into the postseason. I can understand that things are different. I know how this thing without Tyreek fell apart. And I just, that is all so quickly washed away for me that I don't know that I'm going to feel that Kansas City isn't Super Bowl or bust for like a decade. They're going to have to suffer a major injury for me to feel differently going into a year because they did this year to set themselves up for the future. When you have Patrick, when you have Patrick Mahomes um, and Andy, yeah, and, and we've said this a couple of times. As long as Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey are together, it's going to be hard not to think that they aren't going to win the Super Bowl every year or, or, or be, be in that conversation, sure. I should say, every year because of those three. Where it gets interesting and the unknown is when eventually when Andy retires or Travis Kelsey retires. And because we know Mahomes will be the, the guy that stays the longest given just the age and everything. So he, he will be the guy that's there the longest in terms of uh, this group. And so that's when it will be interesting. You know, does the new head coach – uh, is he able to get you to that Super Bowl? Do you have the the offensive weapons uh, not having a Hall of Fame tight end anymore? Those are questions down the road, years down the road. Uh, right now, though, yeah, you're you're in position every year. It's just that I thought everybody believed heading into the season it would have been reasonable that maybe they take they, a step back. They make the playoffs, but yeah, there's a step back, and we'll see what happens in the postseason. Whereas now, I think you're in the same spot again. You're where? All right, are we good enough to win a Super Bowl? Uh, which the same questions we're asking now. Good enough to win a Super Bowl? You have just a chance to figure it out uh, as, as any other team. The other thing that can change this, I guess, if you're trying to, to soften it at all, is how do we feel about the AFC now that we did going into it? We know that the AFC West is so much worse mm-hmm. than we were planning on. But the Bills are just a little bit worse. Not way worse, but just a little bit worse than I thought that they would be. The same record as the Chiefs, so they're obviously very good. But I thought that they were going to be a half step ahead of the Chiefs majority of the year, and they're not. And now the huge move they made in the offseason – has fallen apart because Von Miller's now out for the season. Miami's about as good as I thought they were going to be. Chargers are about as good as I thought they were going to be. You know, 7-8. They're going to end up being a 10-win team probably most likely. Ravens and Bengals are about as good as we thought they were going to be, right? Those are two teams that are having success, teams we thought they'd have success. And the Titans are average. Like, the AFC hasn't even changed. Like, based on where we thought they were going to be before the season, there's only a couple of teams you could have been seriously wrong on. I was wrong on the Colts. And maybe somebody was wrong on one of the teams in the AFC West. But the AFC is still the much tougher conference to go through postseason-wise. It is, but the, only, the way better quarterbacks. The only thing I do think has changed um, is that coming into the season, Buffalo was put on, you know, put on this pedestal above everybody. And I don't think it was unjustified based on their roster. Uh, they were the preseason Super Bowl favorites. We talked about that preseason. I, yeah. I had no issue with that. I understood why they were preseason favorites. Josh Allen was the MVP favorite, understood why he was. Um, what's changed is they don't look like the big, big juggernaut anymore. So while the teams might be similar and right where we thought Buffalo, Kansas city, those two teams, they're not as far. They're, they're not as separated as we thought, not just between them two, but also but between everyone else. Yeah, like Buffalo and Kansas city are not vastly better than anybody else. In fact, again, they're not you may, light years you, ahead of even again, the teams you, below Cincinnati, like Miami or you, Baltimore, depending on the law. Again, you can make the argument Cincinnati. I know people don't want to hear it, but because of what we've discussed two weeks ago, Cincinnati you can, is better than Kansas city. You can make, they beat them three times in a row. They just beat them. You can make that argument very strongly. 
um, that they I are better that they are better can. than you, right? That then they are better than you. Um, so the gap doesn't. You know what it is? Like there. I don't want to see them, but I don't think they're a better team. <laughs> Interesting. Um, how can you? How, yeah. Okay. You can be better than. Uh, so this is the transitive property. I could be. I could beat you in Madden every time. Jed could beat me in Madden every time, and then you could beat Jed. It doesn't work that way. Well, that's not happening. Like I'm saying, like beat you. No, I I get it. Isn't just because I beat you all the time and you beat Jed all the time doesn't mean I'll beat Jed all the time. It's it's just not the way that it. No, but when we when we've talked about the AFC, I told you like if I Cincinnati's not the the juggernaut in this this problem to Buffalo the way they are to Kansas City. Correct. But head to head, so they're like head to head. Do I think Cincinnati is better than Kansas City? The answer has to be yes. They beat them three times, Cody. I think they they're better against Kansas City. They're not the better team. You know, it's it's this. This to me is like a weird, this it's exactly as I'm describing it. It's a weird notion because I'm saying a team that beat you all the time, a team that so I'd want to face the least is not so better than you. Miami has already beat Buffalo, haven't they, earlier this season? Yes. If Miami beats them again on Saturday night, are you going to say that Buffalo is still better, better football I, team I than Miami? Okay, yeah. no, I'm just honestly just curious. Okay. I might think that way. Okay. It would depend on how this game goes. Buffalo has really not been playing particularly good football lately, but neither has Miami. Yes. So... It could. I, I would say I'm not. I'm not dead set on saying Miami is definitively the better team because right now either, I think Buffalo way. is. I, I don't think Miami is either. I don't but. think three individual games, even if they are a year together, defines what a better team is. To me, Kansas City more consistently wins. More consistently wins against. Uh, you know, just generally more consistently wins. More consistently wins their division. More consistently gets to important games. Uh, this year included is more consistent in their ability to win. I know it's only a game One different, win, but yeah. and they have the head to head. I don't yeah. think the gap is all that big, man. No, I'm not. It's not big. It's definitely not big. But if you're making me rank, who is the best team in the AFC? It's Chiefs one's build two, Bengals three. Um, I would probably rank but it out that I mean, way, but I don't thin. think it's crazy for it's anybody. A thin to ma- mar- no, you can I make the you, argument. I think you can make a very strong argument that Cincinnati is the better team. I'm sure in Cincinnati they are. Yes. <laughs> or in other parts of the country as well. Their thing is they don't even have to. They are still in the prime the biggest advantage Cincinnati has right now is they are still in prime rookie quarterback years. They aren't paying Jamar Chase or Joe Burrow. You know what it is easy it is to build a good roster? If one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL and top five quarterbacks in the NFL are both making no money, no money, you should be good. If those two things are true, you better damn well be one of the best teams in the NFL. You know what? You know what, honestly? You know where my hangup is still with them? And I know it shouldn't be because they went to the Super Bowl last year and they beat the Chiefs three times in a row. I don't think their coach is good enough. I think Kansas City definitively has the coaching advantage. And I know that sounds stupid because they keep losing to that team. Because I think it's it's much well, easier to me is, yeah. to make the argument that the Bengals have a more talented roster than are better the team. Well, I mean, look, Andy Reid's one of the – he's going to be a Hall of Fame head coach and is one of the best coaches in football. So, yeah. I mean, that – so, I mean, saying that they have the better head coach, we can probably say that for just about every team the Chiefs are going to face. Of course. But you I know. think that there's still a gap between. Remember, we we're just talking about the gap at where. Someone says, "What would you rather have, barbecue or that nasty chili on top of spaghetti?" Oh, there's no contest there. Yeah, there's no barbecue. Con- please. Part of me wants to still try that if I ever, for some odd reason, want to go to freaking Cincinnati. Uh, you want to try Skyline? I have no interest in going. Like, to Cincinnati. Don't you like trying the local cuisine? If I happen to be there, and again, I have no idea why I would ever be in Cincinnati. An accident? Um, then Layover? I w- I, then I would have it, but I have no interest. Like, and if you're picking out like a future Chiefs game on the road, that is not the city I'm picking to go to for a Chiefs game. Is why not? Cincinnati. Huge game matchup. I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to Cincinnati. 
Jed's shaking his head like he's a big fan of Cincinnati. Are you a big Cincy fan? I'm not. But having driven through Ohio, there are way worse places that you could go to. I don't know what Cleveland? Cleveland actually gets a bad rap. It's not that bad. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Go and check it out. Right by the water. It's great. You mean that water that caught caught on fire? That that water. Well, it wasn't on fire when I was there. Do you think this is how Cleveland (laughs) talks about us? Uh, I don't know. They're wrong, but is this how Cleveland talks about us? But to me, I don't know. I mean, it's all relative to I'm what your saying, town I, is. I'm just saying, Clearly, they just look at us as a bunch of hicks who are, sure. you know, yokels uh, and whatnot. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, everybody has their own foibles. I would just say, like, if you were going through the, the chief schedule <laughs> each year, uh, Cincinnati, I don't know how long it would take me to pick Cincinnati as the one road trip I would want so to go So it goes on. like Vegas. L.A. L.A. Uh, Cincinnati. Next, next year, the Chiefs play in Lambeau. Uh, I have actually talked to some friends. That is one that I am going to try to go. What to do you next think year. that Lambeau is some like? Yeah, you think Green Bay is wow, a metropolis? Green Bay, what what a oh. bus, bustling metropolis of a city! Oh, you guys cannot possibly be serious on the comparison here, right? I'd take Cincinnati Between over Cleveland, the city, and Green Bay, the city. We're talking about destinations to go to. I would so much rather the go stadium to Green or the Bay, city. Green Bay, Wisconsin. That town I would rather go to than Cincinnati. Yes. No. If if football's not involved, I'd rather go to Cincinnati. Well, okay. well I'd rather not to go to either if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But you're you're rolling in the football part of it. I thought we were just trashing on the I just, cities. I just said if, this, if the city I'm going to go to next year on the football schedule, I would so much rather go to Green Bay than Cincinnati. It's not even close. Isn't Cincinnati the Emerald City? Is it? I don't know. I, maybe I made I that up. I think you're right. Uh, what's Green Bay? Not the Emerald City. Title Town. Title Town. <laughs> but that's Town. not even a gem. <laughs> Title Town, one of the most historic stadiums. I, I would love to go to Green Bay to watch the Chiefs play at Lambeau next year. Absolutely. I, I has been a real not, conversation I've the, had with Cincinnati's the Queen City. There you go. Okay. The Queen City. Which one's Emerald? The Queen of the West. I think that the might blue be chip Baltimore. City, the city of Seven uh, You know Hills. what? It is Baltimore. I actually enjoyed my trip to Baltimore. I actually, the Inner Harbor is a cool area. I actually, I actually have nothing to complain about the the city of Baltimore. I the people weren't the friendliest on the way out of that stadium after they beat the Chiefs. I got mooned on the way out. All kinds of stuff happened. Jed, mooned, mother effed, all kinds of stuff throughout the walk out. I didn't say anything. His at mom all. too. He's with his mom. Yeah, how dare them? I was with my mother. They were they were doing that. Along with the text line, Jay Binkley Seattle. just walked in and mentioned that yeah, Seattle's the Emerald City. And what's Baltimore? I thought Baltimore's the Emerald City. <laughs> It doesn't mean, matter. You sound, I sounded confident. You sounded very confident as well. And so, I didn't say anything. I just left myself out of this conversation, knowing I having, did not have the answer. What having is worked in sports talk radio, Alex, you know this just as well as anybody. If you say something with enough confidence, people will believe you. Oh, whether it's true or not. Is, the, se- the, the text line is just. This is like Anchorman. The text line is just lying. I'm you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Bink just came running in to tell you that. I don't even know why Jay's here. He's, <laughs> on, uh, he's on. Yeah, Carrington's out. So oh, uh, okay. CDOT is out. So uh, Bake is. Binkley has been to Cincinnati. Should we get his opinion on Cincinnati, the city? He's, he's been. been to Cincinnati? Jay Binkley has been to Cincinnati. I've heard his opinions. He is not a fan. Oh, no, d- doesn't think it's uh, a nice city? No, I like it. Some, someone says they're going. Someone says they're from the text line. They're going into the game in Houston, Chiefs, Texans this weekend. What should I check out when I'm there? Flying in Saturday morning, flying out Sunday night. I told Kling this yesterday. Original Ninfas on Navigation. It's the original location. The best fajitas ever. It's East Downtown. Does that not seem like... You mentioned this to Clean yesterday. Does fajitas not seem like a destination food to you? It also seems like a very weird 
thing to be the best at because fajitas seem pretty so basic. You can What's, not, hey, what are they so fine, bad don't, at? Take, don't take my word for it. Look it up and tell me that it, that is not a consensus opinion from people. Honestly, from the outside of the building, that looks like the kind of place that has some excellent fajitas. Bigley no, says he nice, loves they, Cincinnati, they also, by the way. They also have a nicer location in the Galleria area, depending on where you're staying in Houston. I don't know if you're staying in Midtown, East Downtown, Downtown itself. Got to go to the original uh, spot. The area around the Texans Stadium, NRG, not the best area. I wouldn't really stay around there. But uh, so you can just drive or take an Uber to the game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get a hotel by the stadium. I'd rather go to Cincinnati than I would Houston. I'll say that. I've been to Houston and huh? It's fine. Look, I lived in Houston. Houston. It's sucked. not my favorite city. I live there. Not my favorite <laughs> city. Um, and there's some down. I've been. But one thing I will give you. So there's amazing restaurants in Houston, and there yeah, is the always fajitas. something going on. Um, the feed is unstoppable. Someone said Bink's opinion is about the chili. Oh, not the city. City's fine. Chili's terrible. Mm. Hmm. Baltimore is apparently the charm city. There you go. Okay. We were really close though. Emerald charm. <laughs> Same you know. thing, basically. Do you guys want to look up some other city nicknames? I just want to look up restaurants and cities now. We'll just I feel like Sin us. City would have been the only one we would have accurately gotten right on this show today. Yeah, that's LA, duh. <laughs> I love this text. This tells me Jed is fitting right in while Nick's gone. From the th- from the three one six, I'm not sure who's worse, Jed or Nick. I it's mean, definitely you're, me. You're playing the part perfect, man. You're playing I'm the part perfect. Definitely worse than Nick. I will answer that. The part perfect. Any chance that Nick gets detained while we're oh, still in Germany? Feels like the kind of person to get in trouble internationally. Uh well, is 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 weed legal there or no? Ah, oh, it's got to be, right? I don't know. All right, time to search that up. Uh, <laughs> you really Google it. Real okay. quick. Hold on. A certain limited medical context, but illegal for recreational Well, usage. Nick, hopefully. The good news is he's so in Germany. So possession he, of minor amounts is not he's, usually prosecuted. He's in Germany. There's a little bit of difference in that country. I, something tells me he'll be just fine. He's in Germany. He'll be all right. He'll be okay. Countries run a little bit different than the one I think you're making a joke about. I wouldn't make it a joke. I was just asking if Nick you was going to be detained because he gets in trouble. You wouldn't have asked him if He's he was going to be detained. You weren't going to ask if he was going to be detained if it wasn't for certain recent events in this you country. You can't be sure about oh, that. I'm pretty sure. Two years ago, you wouldn't have asked that question. You can't be sure about I that. I don't know, man. There's just no way to do that. I did think about this as we were talking. Like, all these stats come up about these teams as we kind of get closer yeah. to the end of the season. I've decided that Patrick Mahomes, instead of buying the offensive line a gift, which has t- traditionally been the standard, right? You know, you uh, it's the end of the year, it's uh, the holiday time, or they just have a nice time, whatever. Doesn't matter. And he gets them a gift. Oh, he gets all the offensive line, you know, like matching ATVs with their number on it. They should buy him a gift. That It's the opposite. They right? should buy him a gift. They are They should fourth. buy him a gift? The offensive line has given up the fourth most quarterback hits, and he's been sacked the fourth least amount of times. That's all because of Patrick Mahomes. He single-handedly improves the offensive line. They owe him a gift. It's not the other way around. He's protecting them as much as they're protecting him. He certainly, because of his style of play, certainly uh, causes the sack number to be lowered because of just how he plays and his elusive nature. No question about that. But I think that they owe him know, a gift. We also know we, uh, we we know who's getting the gift. In that Do you think the offensive line is going to cost a game? Because I feel like Patrick Mahomes prevents that. Like, my concern that the offensive line is going to lose them a playoff game just from poor play. Like, for instance, Orlando Brown Jr. got beat, beat pretty bad on the – Passing touchdown to Jarek McKinnon. That turned out it was fine. Yeah, Orlando, also, Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. actually graded out. Had a great 80, game. 81 grade from PFF but, uh, last but, game. But let's say let's say that's the only play he played poorly. I think there was a couple, you know, but like any offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But let's say that was his worst snap of the game. 
On that snap, they had a 56-yard touchdown pass. It's hard for me to know that Patrick Mahomes' ability to escape, it never makes me overly worried about the offensive line. Yeah, I'd like I, him to play better. I'd like him yeah. to be better than they were on paper. I would certainly take if they improve. But they're not the detriment to this team because Mahomes prevents the sacks. He does, and I'll go back to something Mitchell Schwartz said a, a season ago when when people were critical of the offensive line play that not every play that somebody uh, gets some pressure on Mahomes means that it's always like, it's not as clear cut as it always seems. No, in Mahomes terms of sometimes threat. creates yeah, it himself. Yeah, that's all I'm we saying. We talk about that with Joe he, Burrow, he Kirk some, Cousins all the time. Yeah, like he gets himself out of it 90, you know, 90% of the time and makes great plays, of course. Uh, that's the trade off you get. But there's a different playing with him as your quarterback on the offensive line is different, of course, than playing with you know, Tom Brady or somebody else as your quarterback in terms of just pocket presence and, and one's a statue in the pocket, one's willing to move out, maybe is willing to, to evade the, uh, leave the pocket quicker than the other quarterback. Things like that contribute to it. But, yeah, I, look, there, there are moments we've seen it, and it'll happen again, where you'll say, man, how the hell did so-and-so get beat? Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley. But overall, um, as long as Mahomes is, a, is not getting sacked, he's got the ability to, to make things happen on any given play to, a, to where you're not – feeling like that's going to be the ultimate detriment. You like, don't think that the offensive line should get him a gift? I think it'd be nice. That's just not how it works. <laughs> One guy's making a half a bill. The O-line's protecting his ass still for the most part. So. Well, they're not being paid nothing. Joe Tooney's the highest paid guard in the NFL. Yeah, this is just how Wendell it works. Jr.'s got a bunch of money. This is just how the setup works. The running back, the offensive line doesn't get the running back gifts either. The running back gets the O-line gifts. This is just how it works. The, the offensive line doesn't get enough love throughout the season on most teams. So, you know, they get, they get the gifts, man. Speaking of which, today's the last day for Pro Bowl voting. And, and our guy Creed Humphrey has been asked to – he needs some assistance in getting in the he Pro Bowl. He did tweet that. I quote tweeted it last so night. Please make sure to vote for Creed Humphrey for uh, the Pro Bowl. Hashtag Pro Bowl vote plus at Creed underscore Humphrey. That's it. Hashtag Pro Bowl vote plus at Creed underscore Humphrey on Twitter. And then just retweet, retweet anybody you see that does that. Let's get this vote pumped up. I also think give a vote for Tommy Townsend, all right? Same thing applies for him. I mean, that at this rate, maybe we should – Knock Tua off of the starting spot? Huh? Tua has the most votes. Yeah, but here's the thing. Tua's going to be able to play in the game. Patrick Mahomes won't be playing. <laughs> let him. Let Tua play. Well, Creed won't be able to play either. That's fine. But we still want him to win? We do. You know, as of tomorrow, it will be exactly one year ago today that we released the Creed is Good music video. Should oh, we do something man. to honor it tomorrow? I mean, just play the song. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that. Just play the song. Why? Oh, Jed doesn't want us to play the song. I think you play the song tomorrow. That's it. That There's no other tribute, Cody. Just okay, play the fine. Song. Share the video on social media. Uh-huh. Okay. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending. Punishment that happened yesterday and what it means for one local school will also do all 32 in the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.